and welcome to the She Will Shine podcast. My name is Danielle Price and I'm the founder of She Will Shine, a community for Australian women in small business to connect and support each other. In this podcast, we bring you the real stories of women in small business. We discuss their unique journey to small business success. We dig deeper into their story, the challenges they've faced and the support that has played a vital role along the way. And they share with us their business expertise and knowledge so that you can do the same. It's time to chat candidly about creating and building a business on your own terms. Hi, welcome to the She Will Shine podcast. Today we're on the couch with Tony Marie Aston from Tuati. Hi. Hi, Tony. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. It's great to have you here. So we just want to sort of talk about Tony's journey and find out how she came about starting her business and how that's um, sort of developed over the years into where she is today. Cool. So Tony, do you want to first tell us a little bit about your business, what yep. industry you're in? So um, it's called Tua Tea and we do digital marketing and branding for startups. That's everything from brand strategy and logo design to full services, social media and websites. Have you always wanted to move into marketing early from an early age? Um, I discovered I wanted to get into it when I was about 22 years old. I had a reception job and I just started assisting in the marketing department. And from there, I discovered the love for it. And I think it came from just the fact that no two days are the same. So it was very fast paced, getting very creative and all that sort of stuff. So then I also made the decision not to go to uni, but because from that job, I was able to be promoted into the marketing department and just sponged everything that they taught me and then stayed there for about eight years before I started to a T. So really soak up that experience and use those people as mentors as well that are around you. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So from going back, we go a little bit back further Mm -hmm. from high school. Yep. What did you do straight after high school? So into the reception? Um, No, I did every job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I went, I did um, childcare. I did hospitality. I did retail. Um, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. And that's why I didn't go into uni like most people um, because I just wasn't sure. And then, then I decided to get into a call center first and then I went into reception and that's yeah. when I, I was in the fashion industry. So it was an exciting industry to be yeah. in as well. Yeah, It's really interesting the different stories that we hear from everyone because I was the kid that knew what they wanted to do uh, very early on, yeah. but then it changed later on. So yeah, it's really yeah. interesting to see how we all kind of came about to where we are yeah, now. Today, yep. Yeah, we've all got our different stories exactly. in that even, as well. Even before that, I, I always try things. So when I was in primary school, I would still felt like I had that entrepreneurial spirit because I, I was the kid that was like selling things out of the bottom of my school bag or making perfume in the garden and selling it to the parents and... So I knew I wanted to start something. I just had no idea what. So always a business owner, always an entrepreneur at heart. (laughs) My parents would definitely say that. Yeah. So what made you, was there a turning point at work in particular where something was happening when you moved into the marketing department or was it just being around that, like being surrounded by it that sort of That I wanted to start my business? Yeah. Um, There was a couple of things that triggered it. My last job, I was digital marketing and e-commerce and... um, I saw agencies that we were working with throw a lot of um, jargon at the people that I was working for and them knowing none the wiser signing very big contracts just because they thought they had to pay that price. Because of the spin? Um, Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. Um, So I wanted to simplify tech talk and business talk as well and then 
after that job, I actually went traveling and came back and started freelancing and helping my friends and starting websites, getting their branding sorted and all of that. And I saw the struggle that startups face of a budget, but also resources and just not having that um, genuine support around them. So from that, I got the idea to take my marketing knowledge um, and then assist startups. So we um, specifically target small business. Um, and when I first launched to a T, it was specifically startup brand new from scratch. Um, but now we've kind of grown a bit from there, but we're still, our sole purpose is to help startups. So yes, yeah, so the two of those simplifying the tech talk in that and also helping startups start. Yeah. And so I'm presuming at that time, because, you know, started saying to yourself, I'm going to start a business isn't the easiest, even no. though you always wanted yeah. to, I'm presuming it wasn't the easiest. To no, dance. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I, um, I knew a lot about marketing and strategies, but, um, when it came to actually running a business, I didn't know where to start. So I actually studied small business management for 10 weeks full time before I started my business. And Smart through girl. that, yeah, <laughs> I wrote a full like 56 page business plan. Um, and then, um, yeah, straight after that, I finished my business plan. I went through a program to do that. And then I had mentors along the way. But um, yeah, I think understanding things like financial forecasting and, um, you know, just workplace health and safety, all that, it really helps now. And I definitely recommend a business plan if yeah. anyone gets into business. Like yeah. me, I change my business plan every year. Though. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think, oh, you don't need it. You'll never look at it again. And I don't think it matters that if you never look at it again, at least it's in the back yeah. of your head. So I'm grateful that I got to do that study as I think well. it's funny you say because I think one thing, because I come from a creative design background yeah. and the thought of a business plan scares me, but I think it's because I kind of do it in my own way as opposed to having to do it in a set like format. Like a textbook. Yeah. Story. Yeah, definitely. And I think that helps with that as yeah, well. Yeah, me too. Like the, the plan I got given because it was still a program, it was very textbook and you definitely don't need 56 pages. Yeah. <laughs> but you need something, you need goals and you need to know who your market is and, and your industry and all that sort of stuff just so you can set benchmarks. I actually found my old business plan the other day, had my old logo and everything on it, but it was really interesting to see what I thought was successful three or four years ago to what I think is successful now. So. Yeah. And to see how much you've achieved, I'm yeah. sure, in that time exactly. frame. Exactly. I was like, yeah. oh, wow, I did yeah. all right. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pat on the back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So good. who did you have around you? So that was sort of the business support you went through the programs. Personally, did you have people around you to support you? Um, my family have been great. Um, they're probably my number one support. But in terms of other business people, I didn't have anyone. And that was also me realizing more that that struggle was real. Um, it wasn't until I probably got into co-working spaces that I realized um, how many startups were out there and how many people are just having these side hustles and quitting their nine to five and all of that. Um, I tried numerous spaces and then got my networks growing and then that's really helped my business grow as well, just being around those like-minded people. Yeah. But that was probably three to six months in that I discovered that space. Yeah. So. That's quite early on because some people wait a long time to, yeah. um, to kind of I venture was out. lucky I joined a networking group as well. I was just Googling business support um, or like more like accessible business support, um, even just like the, the group that you have. I didn't know they existed. And then thanks to Google, I found a similar one back then and then joined that who introduced me to co-working and yeah. that just changed everything. Yeah. So. 
So yeah. when you started your business, you go into the co-working space, you're working on your own. Um, initially, I started with a business partner um, that didn't last long just because um, that person was great in what they did, but they didn't understand um, hustle, I guess, yeah, and the understanding side, that yeah. whilst you make money, you don't really see money in the early days. Um, so we had our differences. It ended like completely amicable. We were yeah. fine. Um, and at the time, I probably cried a lot, but I think it was also the biggest blessing in disguise. Yeah. I was able to kind of really take back the reins and steer it back to the direction that I wanted to go. Yeah. So. Did you think about quitting then? Yeah, I did. I was more like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> maybe she's right. Maybe I should go back and get a real job. Um, but I'm so glad I didn't. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, those little turning points that are yeah. unexpected that Definitely. really shape. And you learn from. So, yeah. yeah. And make you more determined. Definitely. So at that point, you decided, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. What was kind of, what was the next thing? Um, so then I was working from my, I had to move back home, um, which isn't very glamorous yeah. um, in your late 20s. So I was working, my parents, um, again, were great. Hi guys, if you're watching, (laughs) Um, thank you. Um, They set up an office in their house and everything for me. So I worked from there and then I literally had to set myself a goal to move out of home. Um, And that really pushed me as well, just having my own personal goals. And then, um, yeah, it was probably, I think she quit a couple of months in and then pretty soon after I discovered co-working and networking events and um, for me, it was really just drilling down on the type of customer I wanted to work with. I think in the early days, you say yes to so many people just to get people in the door and get your portfolio up. But I, I had to learn really quickly who I wanted to work with and it took a while, but, um, to actually start saying no. And then, yeah, yeah that was probably the first 12 months. It was all a big learning curve, bit of a blur, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. just head down, bum up, work with yeah. work. Yeah. I worked like crazy in the first year. Yeah. I was doing like what felt like I didn't sleep. Um, and that was just to, I guess, you know, realize that I really wanted it and put in the hard yard. So now I can take the days off here and yeah. there. Now and you holidays. can start setting the boundaries. Yeah. yeah. So it was the first year was hustle, hustle, hustle. Then what sort of, how did things change after that? Um, I think it was just attracting more of the right people um, and then getting more help. So I was able to hire my first casual in, I think, the start of my second year. Um, and that really helped me realize I could do this, like being able to hire um, that kind of early in my eyes. Um, and then I had a lot of subcontractors as well working for me. So it was able to free up time of implementation of like all the technical sort of work and content creation that it's very time consuming I was able to kind of go out and do more strategies and consulting on the business as well exactly and sort of in it yeah so how did you find employing someone really scary you know what they don't teach you that at school (laughs) (laughs) um no it's yeah I think it's a real um I think a lot of people make it up as they go with hiring staff (laughs) isn't that about business you make it up (laughs) (laughs) but that's like um I was really careful because I was I just knew it wasn't an area I could make up a contract so I got um I outsource the not the hiring but more like the contract setting up and um you know, setting up their wages and stuff because you can't just pick a number out of thin air and say, I'm going to pay this person There's award wages and all that sort of super stuff you and have. everything else. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was, it was funny because I was like, I'm not even paying myself super. <laughs> I'm not paying staff super. 
Um, so yeah, it was really scary to do it, but then once it's set up, you're so familiar with how it works that it's it's worth the investment at the start. So yeah. then when you hire the second person, it's all kind of there. Did you have, apart from the kind of the legalities of firing someone contracts and all that sort of stuff with finding people, did you have issues handing things over because it's your baby? Yeah, I still do. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I still haven't got to the place that I let my staff work on to a T. Yeah. They are usually working on client work. Um, yeah, we're about to hire someone now who's going to be a bit more senior than the usual usual roles that we put out there. Um, and I definitely have to learn to let go yeah. and just be like... Because it frees up so much time. So, um, yeah, I'm not there yet, but I will be soon. So how many people have you got employed currently? Only two at the moment. Um, and, yeah, all the subcontractors and yeah. that work with us. Yeah. yeah. And has it kind of... Um, you know, talking about culture and things like that, has that been difficult to shape? Because um, it's a small team, is it quite easy? It is hard because the people I've um, hired are juniors. So we work in quite a laid back um, office space. And I do think um, the co-working space helps that because there's already a culture there that exists that um, the staff kind of come into. So it's hard because you, you want to be their friend, but you also want to keep that professionalism between the both of you. Um, but I think I'm doing okay at it. Yeah. <laughs> so is it the same employees you've had since then? Um, I've had the same graphics designer who's actually a subcontractor since... Um, 2016 and then the employees probably changed in the past year and a half so yeah 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 and do you feel do you feel kind of that you've passed you know you tick all the boxes along your business journey start a a business tick um start making a profit tick employ you know hire an employee tick do you kind of feel like you've gotten to a point now where you've kind of ticked those boxes Um, I definitely feel more confident. I think we were chatting about it earlier that I saw a big shift in my business when my attitude changed, um, which is losing the imposter syndrome and being like, no, I'm actually good at this, Um, attracting the right people. So I've ticked those boxes off, but I still think there's a lot of growth I want to do. I want to take the business to another level. So I've kind of ticked off the initial ones, and then I've set new ones up here. Yeah. So constant, yes there's a constant no. evolution yeah, in that. 100%, yeah, 100%. So yeah. same with the imposter syndrome. It's really interesting because I find, you know, when you're putting yourself out there to get clients, yeah, you kind of put on this sort of, it's like the whole fake it till you make it type thing. Yeah. So you're putting on this thing like, yes, this is who I am and we're very successful and, you know, which you are in different ways. But then when you go back home again or you go back to the office or whatever, you know, behind closed doors... You feel differently about it than what you present on the outside. Definitely. And it's like you sign those big contracts and you're like, oh, should I be charging this much money? (laughs) But then it's just me or everyone, I guess, really valuing yourself. And I think, you know, like as a service provider, I don't think people value their time enough. And um, yeah, you kind of say, yes, you can pick my brain at the start or like, yeah, I'll, I'll catch up with you for an hour. And then it was me going really putting, um, I guess, rules in place for myself to be like, they can pick my brain for five minutes. Thereafter, I need to say like, then I will bill. So it's just kind of really setting standards for yourself as well. Along that way. That. Yeah. Because yeah. if you don't value yourself, your clients aren't going to. So, yeah. Yeah. so how many years in business has it been now? Three and a half. Yeah. So yeah, it's, so, it's flown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a blur. Sometimes. A blur. Yeah. Isn't it funny? I kind of think life before business and life after business. Yeah, I don't. I remember life before business, but I, 
it doesn't feel like I ever worked a nine to five now. It's when I hear people say they're getting annual leave, I'm like, what is that? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. And so you said, you know, the next, the, you're kind of at that point where it's sort of a bit of a tipping point to the next level. Mm-hmm. And do you know exactly what you, have you got a plan that's like down to a T? Or are you a bit like me in that you kind of have a rough plan, but then you sort of... A bit more of a rough plan. Um, Just because in the past 12 months, um, the services that have organically started to shape the business um, are where I want to go. And those ideal clients that have started coming have made me realize where I want to take it. So I've just kind of really recently gone... Um, okay, we really want to push these services more and then kind of now we're at the stage where we're going, what what do we need to do to get there and position it as, as that because it is a bit of a shift that I'm going to take. So kind of niching. niching yeah, getting a yeah. lot more niche. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, we've seen, so initially it was a lot of strategies and website builds and things like that. But from the workshops that I launched organically, we've got, hate saying the word coaching, but um, coaching and yep. support um, is kind of where the direction's kind of going, which yep. is great because that's what I've wanted to be. I wanted it to be a startup support hub for people in business. So, yep. Yeah. And I think when I think everyone I speak to who niches, I think just when you decide to make that decision to do that, you've, realized where your strengths are yeah and that's kind of a confidence thing as well definitely um me realizing that too and um like you know you're kind of good at things but I guess all the work you do um well for me the past couple of years it's really validated that I can now be like yes I am good at that and that has really helped my confidence yeah go forward and have you found that networking has helped along the way like obviously networking happens naturally in a co-working space yeah uh, I actually got your email the other day that was titled I hate networking (laughs) I cannot agree more with that um I did my time networking when I first started I started on a budget so my strategy was I could afford to get my business card printed and go to networking events so I did three months straight of networking oh wow of like no joke, like a, an event a night sort of thing. Obviously, the free ones are great, but I would pick the ones that I would invest in. Um, so that tired me out very early on. Now when I network, I'm very selective about yeah. where I go. And I don't like the the straight sales pitch sort of um, networks. I'm more like inclined to like She Will Shine because, you know, you have those days that everyone just gets together and it's networking without networking. Yep. It's just more it's organic nice and French conversations. And yeah. 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 And yeah, we have access to it in co-working. So whenever I want to feel the need to network, there's always an event happening yeah. that I can But you experienced networking burnout quite early on. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> early on but isn't it interesting because I sort of found I was the same. So when I first started, I was like going to everything and anything. Um, obviously, where women were, oh, women networking, I'm there kind yeah. of thing. Um, but you... You soon learn or quickly learn which one feels right for exactly. you. Exactly. And that it took a while to, because like you said, you go to all of them because you see them on Instagram and you're like, oh, that looks cool. And then it might not be as cool as it looks or there just might be the wrong people there. And then, yeah, I think even now, like I see jumping on social media as networking these days, like it's a lot more accessible and I'm definitely more selective on who I choose to put my energy yeah. into. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, j- exciting journey ahead. 
I hope so. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm about to plan or I'm about to go on holiday. So I'm um, in that, um, I've got four weeks till I leave um, trying to train new staff and have someone cover while I'm away. So at the moment it's a bit hectic. But So how does that feel? Because, you know, people, you know, when I go on holidays, I'm like, okay, what can I do now and how can I prepare for this so I'm not so full on? Yeah, I'm a big traveller. So um. I was never someone that didn't take a holiday for years because of my business. I um, started doing the workations where I would do half holiday, half work, and I would just go to easy places. Um, you know, so the time different difference wasn't a huge thing in like Southeast Asia. So I've done um, a bit over there in Bali and Vietnam where I've just literally dedicated the mornings to work. And that is also me not being able to let go. Yeah. Like I want to check in and I don't think... You know, people are like, you have to completely unplug when you go on holiday. I don't think you do. Like, I find that more email. stressful. Exactly. Really stressful. So I was like, um, yeah, I'll check my emails. I'll catch up on work for two or three hours in the mornings and you have the whole day to yep. be on holiday. Um, this trip's a little bit different. I do want to switch off a little bit more, but I'm still knowing I'm going to check my emails when yep. I can. So. And you have a team that yeah. is there and that you have trained. Yeah. Yeah, so I know that, um, well, I'm hiring someone this week, so I'm, I'm hoping that I know that they'll be, yeah. they'll be left in great hands. Yeah. So. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us, Tony. No Thanks it's for been, having me. Oh, anytime. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening today. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast and we'll be with you again soon. See you later. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to find out more about the She Will Shine community for Australian women in small business, head to shewillshine.com.au. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the handle shewillshine.com.au. And don't forget, if you like this podcast, please subscribe and give us a rating on iTunes. Join us next time for the She Will Shine podcast.